This is From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. I'm your host, pianist Peter Dugan. That incredibly polished, professional trumpet playing that you just heard was actually the sound of a 15-year-old, Erre Maceos, from Los Angeles. He and I played Kent Kennan's Sonata for Trumpet and Piano. All of the performances you're going to hear today on our program were recorded at beautiful Thayer Hall at the Colburn School in Los Angeles, and all of the young people that you'll meet are students here at the Colburn School. These young musicians come from wildly different backgrounds and bring their own perspectives to every piece they play, but what they share is this desire to really dive deep into their musical studies. Let's head to the studio to learn all about Erre, that top-notch trumpet player you just heard. Erre, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have a trumpet player on the show. I don't often get the privilege and the fun of playing with a trumpet player. Gosh, you have such a powerful tone. I love, I love your big sound, but also the range of dynamics. Like you, you have such a beautiful scope of colors. Thank you, thank you. First, I want to know about your start on the trumpet. How did you come to play the trumpet? Well, I first started with my dad. He has his music school, and well, I was about five or six, and he asked me what instrument I wanted to play. At first, I started playing clarinet, and mm -hmm. after like two years, he saw that clarinet, it wasn't for me, and like I didn't really like it. <laughs> My dad, he, he brought me to a little small cornet, and then a year passed, and then he gave me the, the regular size trumpet, and from there, he started taking me to gigs, you say your dad started taking you to gigs. Let's get into that for a minute. So your dad is a, he's a teacher, but he's also a pro performer too. Yeah, um, sometimes on weekends or sometimes weekdays, people call him and it's like a cultural thing where our band goes to like very different community parties and mm -hmm. it could be something for the consulate or something for a cousin or or a friend, we play something called jarabes, and it's 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 really fun. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, jarabes, it's something that it comes in various tempos or rhythms, and mm -hmm. people like to dance to it. It gives them joy. Can you play for me an example of a piece of in the jarabes style? Yeah. Just, there's a lot of like little little songs in, uh -huh. in one big uh, I see yeah I love it it's almost got elements of like what I associate with sort of like band or almost marching band sounds but also like I hear like the Mexican influence in that music too right um, yeah am I am I on the right track with the influences I'm hearing yeah you're on the right track yeah. <laughs> you said that you play for like things in the community, for family, for friends. But my man, you've also played with some stars. Oh, yeah. Um, so two, three months ago, we played with uh, La Santa Cecilia. That's a, a very popular regional group. Yeah. Um, like a week later after that, we played with another very important artist. Her name is Lila Downs. That, that was also really cool. Yeah. So you have so much going for you, Ere. What are your goals for the future? My dream was always to 
to be like a, a private lesson teacher mm-hmm. and and also to be in probably like the LA Phil. I find it kind of moving that you said it in that order too. My dream is to be a teacher and also in the LA Phil. It's a, it shows what a generous guy you are. Um, you have such a bright future ahead of you. And I'm happy that From the Top gets to be part of it. Thank you, thank you. 15-year-old trumpet player, R. Maqueos, from here in Los Angeles. R. actually told me that the night before that performance we just gave, he had been up into the early hours of the morning playing a gig with his father, something that's not uncommon for him. But somehow he manages to fit it all in, the schoolwork, uh, morning orchestra practice, late-night gigs, and I have to say, he does it with such grace and humility. It's really impressive. Next up, we have Aline Tai, an extraordinary cellist, and she and I are going to perform one of my favorite pieces by Beethoven. It's his Sonata Number no. 4 for cello and piano. And whenever you have to approach music from Beethoven's late period, it requires so much maturity, you won't believe that this young musician is just 14 years old.
That was 14-year-old cellist Eline Tai performing the first movement of Beethoven's Sonata for Cello and Piano, Opus 102, Number 1 in C major. I'm Peter Dugan. I was joining Eline on the piano. That piece requires so much sophistication, Eline. Anytime we play late Beethoven, it does. And I'm amazed at the nuance you bring to it at just 14 years old. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to play with you. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit about what it feels like to play Beethoven, especially late Beethoven, because this is music that is so sublime. Um, and at your young age, what's going through your mind when you start this, this movement? Well, other than trying to calm my nerves, <laughs> I, I try to imagine what Beethoven was thinking while he wrote this piece. Mm -hmm. And because his hearing was getting worse, I think at this point, he was completely deaf. Yes, absolutely. Yes, so I tried to kind of focus in on how it would be like if I couldn't hear anything. Mm. And then to start the piece, it's a really simple melody, a scale going down and then going up. Right. So I just tried to keep things simple and then play the phrase, how it goes. And then as the piece goes on, I just try to go along with the character and mm -hmm. the mood to mm -hmm. bring out the whole movement. You don't seem like a nervous performer at all. In fact, quite the opposite. You seem very calm when you play. Oh, thank you. Do you feel like you have, a, in general, a sense of calm as you go about life? I think more so than other people, but there's also moments where I get excited or I get more down. But yeah, I think in general, I am a person who is more... Um, calm, yeah, mm -hmm. as you said. What are the what are the things that can rattle you, or has there ever been a time where you got a little bit rattled? Yes, um, I think I get really excited when I go to amusement parks or water Ooh. parks. So it's I get I really like the roller coasters. I like to do the whole like straight down. Uh, <laughs> so when you go down the roller coaster drop, are you a hands up person? Hands up and scream. Woo! <laughs> no, I'm exactly opposite. My hand is like, I, I like grab really tightly. Oh, white knuckles. Yeah, and but I don't scream. Like I don't make any sound because I'm like so scared that I don't make any sound. But the yeah. The silent fear. Yes. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I scream bloody murder. <laughs> um, it was so much fun getting to know you. Thank you. And your Beethoven performance was a real highlight for me. I just adore playing that music, and you were such a great chamber music partner. Oh, it was really fun to play with you as well. Eileen Tai, 14 years old, from Irvine, California. These next performers have a super cool musical handshake, which must have some sort of magical power because they are the winners of the prestigious Fischoff Chamber Music Competition. This is the Olive Trio. Hey, welcome from the top, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. 
Man, Daniel, you are my pianist brother in the group here, so I yeah. want you to speak first. Introduce your fellow musicians and tell me what you're going to play. Yeah, so we're the Olive Trio, and I'm Daniel. This is Anais on violin, and Mira will be on cello. We'll be playing um, the fourth movement from David Baker's Roots 2 called Boogie Woogie. It's an awesome piece. Mira, what should we be paying attention for, listening out for as we hear it? Um, I think you should be listening to those jazzy elements that us as classical musicians aren't usually used to. So we've incorporated some slides, some little improv notes and stuff. So it's, it's really fun to play. Yeah, the composer of this piece um, was a great jazz pianist. And um, it's an awesome piece of music. Anais... You've been on From the Top before. Welcome yeah, back. Thank you so it's much. It's good to see you again. It's great to be here. Since you are a veteran of the program, I want you to say my line. Whenever you're ready, let's take it from the top.
That was the Olive Trio performing the Boogie Woogie Movement from Roots 2 by David Baker. We had 17-year-old Anais Feller on violin, 16-year-old Mira Cardan on the cello, and 17-year-old Daniel Wong on the piano. They're all from Southern California. What a performance. I'm so happy that you all brought that piece. I've always loved this piece of music, and it's very rare to hear it performed, and you, you really did it justice. It, you all were swinging. Thank you, Thank you so much. I understand that there's, and I hope you're willing to let us in on this secret, that there is a secret handshake. Of course. <laughs> yes. the yeah, trio love hand- You'd yeah. love to share it. Yeah. Okay, now this is radio, but I'm going to watch and try to describe okay. for yeah, our yeah, listeners yeah. Okay. what it is. Dun. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. That's incredible. Yeah. I was prepared for a handshake like mm-hmm. where you actually do something physical, but that was a musical handshake. Yes. Yes. Arpeggio. We do it every time before we perform. Every time before you perform? Every time. We also have it like not only as a hand signal for music, but as like a language. So if we're if we say something and we really mean it, yeah. Like it's like this is means true. The truth. Yeah. Like, we'll just oh. put that up like mm-hmm. like oh for all of like, like I'm come, not messing around. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's yeah. Go. Like this is for the real deal. I love it. This this is what chamber music is all about, like these bonds and these <laughs> friendships. Um before we go on I want to circle back to the piece you performed. David Baker, such a great and important figure in jazz. He founded the jazz program at the Jacobs School of Music um, at Indiana University. And he wrote this piece which allows an entry point for classically trained musicians to really get their hands on some serious jazz writing. And curious if um, some of you might talk a little bit about the process of bringing out the correct style, the jazz style, in this boogie-woogie movement. Yeah, so of course. um, When we first brought it to our coaches, they all told us it was, like, too classical. Mm -hmm. So we really um, drew a lot of inspiration from a lot of jazz artists. Like, for me, I'm a pianist, so I really like Thelonious Monk. And kind Mm -hmm. of listening to their freedom, like, was kind of going against a lot of what I learned in classical, but I realized it's just a different language. It's a lot of fun. For example, um, for me, even though, like, I have rhythms that are written out, um, especially in the middle, like, slower section, um, I have to play like I'm improvising, which is something that I wasn't used to before, but, Mm -hmm. like, I had so much fun with it, and I really, like, kind of scared myself sometimes with how (laughs) far I could have went. So um, I think it's really kind of just, like, forgetting some of the things we learned in classical music and just, like, trusting ourselves to really feel the freedom that is often in jazz music. Uh, yeah. After this, I think Daniel could probably pursue a career in jazz <laughs> piano. <laughs> yeah, I, I also think imagery was something that helped us a lot. Just, you know, whether it's turning off the lights in your practice room, <laughs> pretending you're in like a jazz club or something like that, things yeah. like that. Having just an image in your mind that you want to paint with your chambermates, it's a great way to learn more about the music. Mm-hmm. Well, you really transported us with it. And you've been transporting audiences all around the country. Congratulations on winning the Fish Off competition. Thank you. you. It's such a huge accomplishment. I'm so proud of you all. It's so well-deserved. I want to hear a little bit about what that experience was like. Um, So we had never done a competition before, and we were kind of just kind of stuck on the same pieces and we were like, wow, maybe we should record this for Fish Off. And so we really spent a lot of time working together. We spent like dozens of hours before the competition really getting everything together. Yeah, and cramming a lot. Cram- <laughs> cramming. Wow, nice. Ten <laughs> coachings in the week. Yeah, we had a lot of coach. We have four coaches. So they 
really all spent so much time on us uh, and we're so thankful. And traveling together was something new and it was really fun. It's great that you all, not only that you went and won, but that you enjoyed the process along the way. You know, that counts for so much. I could hang out with you guys all day. This is so much fun. Uh, but for now, I just want to say thanks. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. It was a great performance and so much fun to see you again, Anais, and to get to know <laughs> the two of you, Mira, Daniel, so much fun. That was the Olive Trio, Anais Feller, Mira Cardan, and Daniel Wong, teenagers from Southern California. We have to take a break now, but don't touch that dial. Coming up, a rapturous rendition of Mendelssohn's Rondo Capriccioso by 15-year-old Caden Kelly. And later in the program, you're going to be blown away by a 15-year-old spirited performance of Vinyovsky's Scherzo Tarantella. You're listening to From the Top, and I'm pianist Peter Dugan. Did you know that From the Top posts short, beautiful videos of our young musicians every day? The series is called Daily Joy. Treat yourself to youthful inspiration daily. Sign up at fromthetop.org. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need. jkcf.org. And from the Massachusetts Cultural Council, a state agency connecting young people with the arts in schools and in their communities. Learn more at massculturalcouncil.org. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age. This is From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. I'm your host, pianist Peter Dugan, and I'm so grateful to be here with you all this week and every week, thanks to the generosity of Susan and Gerald Slavitt. And a big thank you to the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation. Together, we have given out millions of dollars of scholarship to young musicians with financial need. Every year, 20 young artists get an award of $10,000 to help them purchase new instruments, pay for music, for the cost of summer programs, for lessons. Um, it can be life-changing. So go to fromthetop.org to learn more and to apply. Coming up, you don't want to miss a globe-trotting 15-year-old violinist. But first, we've got one of Mendelssohn's most delightful piano works, which he composed when he was just 15 years old. And fittingly, we have a 15-year-old pianist to perform it for us. Here's Caden Kelly playing Mendelssohn's Rondo Capriccioso. Thank you. 
15-year-old pianist Caden Kelly from Santa Fe, New Mexico, performed Mendelssohn's Rondo Capriccioso. Just beautiful, Caden. You mentioned that you're the same age now as Mendelssohn was when he wrote that piece, and it makes sense. I mean, such youthful spirit, such high energy, and you gave the piece everything it needs. Bravo. Ah, thank you. I want to know about how you got started on the piano. Yeah, it's, it's a long story, and it, it kind of ties into how I got started with music. Mm-hmm. So basically, my, my father's side of the family, they're all Afro-Caribbean, and they're super chill. But when I was four, I was not, <laughs> I was the, quite the opposite, actually. The opposite of chill. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my parents, of course, needed to have some way to kind of contain me and uh, <laughs> keep me occupied. Mm-hmm. So there were two things. Swimming that they found, I would just be like so exhausted afterwards. I, I wouldn't have enough energy like <laughs> to run around. Right. And... Piano, uh, actually, not piano, but music in general was, ah. was the second one. Uh-huh. Um, we lived three blocks away from our local theater, so we would often go get like last-minute tickets to see different performances. My parents say that when I would hear the music, I'd become like really focused, you know? Like mm. they they say transfixed or like cool. yeah yeah so, yeah yeah. So they like signed me up for piano lessons when I was five so great that that they put you in front of a piano and now here you are just crushing it as a pianist so Caden your dad is from Costa Rica right yeah what's your connection to Costa Rica have you been um is it meaningful to you yeah I got invited to play in the National Theater of Costa Rica and it was in front of like 800 people wow yeah so but also like I don't know it was particularly memorable for me because the vice president of the country was there, and um, wow, the poet laureate was also there. So, yeah, I got like a standing ovation at the end. I bet so. you did. I yeah. bet you did. I want to talk to you now about performing. Mm. And when you were playing just now that Mendelssohn, mm. you were in the zone, as they say. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what does that feel like for you when you're really in the zone or when you're in a sort of flow state? Mm-hmm. Well... It feels like nothing when you are hmm. in it. Like, it's, you might as well be passed out. <laughs> but afterwards, then you feel like this rush, like, dang, that was good. Yeah, yeah. But during, like, complete focus, I know it's just, like, all about the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like a dream. Yeah. Do you remember the first performance where you felt that? Oh uh, yeah, actually it was um it was when I played my first paid performance. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. It was actually at the theater that I used to go to when I was four. Oh. So wow. it was a little bit special for me. Yeah. As well. Yeah, yeah. And there were a lot of people there that my parents had invited and mm-hmm. and so that that's nice. actually the the first time I remember experiencing complete focus. Yeah. I remember the first time I had a performance like that, and afterwards, it was like, I, I need to do that again. Like, I know. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I remember even, like, years later, I was in a competition, and afterwards, mm-hmm. I was sad that it had finished so soon. I, right. I wanted to go back there and play it because it was right. just so fun. And so then we get hooked, right? And that's yeah. what keeps us practicing yeah. and putting in all the hours is because we love it. Mm. 
You're just a joy, man. It's so much fun to get to know you. Uh, thanks. Caden Kelly, 15 years old, from Santa Fe, New Mexico. If this were a relay, then we've got our final leg coming up now with 15-year-old violinist June Kwan. She's bringing the heat, she's bringing the speed and that high-octane energy for our finale. She and I will perform Vinyavsky's Scherzo Tarantella. June, welcome to the program. Thank you. So happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. We're going to play a piece that is fiendishly difficult. Uh, it's a great violin showpiece. What is this? Um, we're going to play the Vinyaski Scherzo Tarantel. Great. Whenever you're ready, we can take it from the top. Great. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was 16-year-old violinist June Kwan performing Vinyovsky's Scherzo Tarantella for violin and piano. I'm Peter Dugan. I was at the piano for that performance. Just trying to keep up with you. Your violin is smoking. That was on fire, June. What a performance. Thank you. You have had such an interesting life already at the young age of 16. You've lived all over the world. Are there some spots that really stand out to you, some particular memories? I'd say like Canada, near Vancouver. It was just like, I loved the environment there. It was just really like green. And the school that we went to, um, they taught us a lot about just community instead instead of focusing more on like the academics. I learned how to like really socialize there. You mentioned you have a twin sister. And, you know, I can't imagine, first of all, what that must be like, the bond. I have brothers, but to have a twin, I know I've got, I've got some twin nieces and nephews, and it's, it's amazing to see, like, how um, strong that bond can be. So talk to me a little bit about your relationship with your sister. We were really close when we were younger because we started um, music together, mm-hmm. and then around, like, elementary school, she wanted to get into studying, and I had, like, a total, like, different personality to her. Are you all identical twins? No, we're fraternal. Oh, fraternal, uh-huh. I'm just like, I just go with the flow and I don't really make any schedules. And I'm just like that kind of like funny girl. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I've realized that I always need someone like her besides me to like really make me focus on what I'm doing. I think we realized how much we need each other. So when we used to like always be together, like homeschool, we would like go to the same school. Um, We'd always just like kind of fight often, just saying we don't need each other and like distancing ourselves from each other. Mm -hmm. But now that we've been like apart, whenever we see each other again, we like hug and then (laughs) I think we became like more affectionate towards each other. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I love to hear that y'all are appreciating each other more than ever now. So, June, there's something that you love to do, and you've done a lot, which I, as a city kid, am very jealous of. Do you know what I'm talking about? Horseback riding. Yes, horseback riding. (laughs) Yeah, so I started horseback riding when I was in, like, first grade. When we went to vacation, like, we would just, like, plop on horses and, like, (laughs) just walk on them for, like, an hour. Mm -hmm. And then um, we kind of just, like, brought up our interests about that to our mom. So she took us like two hours away from our home to go horseback riding every week. Mm-hmm. And it's just, since they go pretty fast, like just feel the like breeze. And unlike how when you're practicing, you're just like standing in a room, you kind of get to like be free. And also yeah. like just jumping, you feel like you're flying. And I really like that feeling. Yeah. Well, your performance today was just thrilling. It was a rush for me and I know for all of our listeners out there. Thanks for being with us today, June. Thank you. That was 16-year-old violinist June Kwan, originally from Korea and now living here in Los Angeles, California. That's it, folks. That's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed hearing from all of these young people and getting to know a little bit about what makes them laugh and what makes them feel free. And I want to thank all of our young performers. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to play with some of them and to learn from all of them. Be sure to join me next week on From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. Thank you to the Colburn School for the use of the beautiful performance space at Thayer Hall and to sound engineer Sergei Parfenov. 
From the Top is produced by Megan Swan and Jessica Tickton. Sound design and music editing by John Escobar with editing and mastering by Rodrigo Cuenca. Our production manager is Amanda Roth. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear on our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at visitma.com. And from Dignity Memorial, helping families plan life celebrations now so their loved ones are protected later, because nobody should have to plan for a loss while they're experiencing one. Learn more at dignitymemorial.com. This is NPR. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org.